Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And good morning. Welcome to the Minnesota State Fair. Our broadcast here of uh, Healthy Matters, another open line show. We have a nice crowd out here. And by the way, you may ask your health questions. I don't think we're going to give you any prizes for doing so, but you'll get some free, free info from the doctor. Dr. David Hill. We'll see how gutsy people are coming up here and yeah. telling, asking me their private personal questions. Good morning, everybody. It's good to <laughs> see you that. on a Sunday morning, a non-rainy Sunday morning. Yeah, it's nice. Now, we do have chances of showers, <clears throat> excuse me, but not, not a great chance. Not quite yet. And in any case, you and I, Danny, we're under this nice, beautiful WCCO yep. veranda, and so we're going to be dry. So all of you out in the audience, um, sorry. Good luck. <laughs> You're, yeah, but we've got everything we need. I have my coffee. Got the microphone. I got a pen that I just found, and I'll lose it in the next 30 seconds, I bet. And I got my mini donuts, courtesy of Jeanette and family. Thank you. Um, So we've got uh, um, some loyal listeners out here. I have some friends out here, some new friends, and um, welcome to the fair. The last, um, second to last day of the fair, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We have have tomorrow. Last day for us. This is our 20th time doing the fair show. um, We've um, 10 years on the air. We've been 10 years on the air, and our 20th time at the fair and um thank you yes thank you i think we're about the first thing that's open i mean the food stuff's open obviously right. but i think we're kind of the first thing that's open at the fair because we decided well folks come out and it's a great time to be at the fair and for those of you who are here if you did not get one of the coffee mugs yet or if you've just walked up and if you're a glutton for punishment you can look <laughs> at my face on a coffee mug every single day and and think of how fortunate you are that it doesn't look like that and but we've got them free giveaways right over here because because well, what, what's the fair about if it's not for free stuff? Good stuff. All right. I want to invite our listeners not only here at the fair but uh, on the phone and texters. If you have uh, again, if you're familiar with the show, this open line show, Dr. David Hilden is kind enough to answer your general health questions on these open line shows. Let me give you the phone number and the text number: six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Text is eight one eight zero seven. Or come on up here to the railing if you have a question, if you're brave enough, and uh, Dr. Hilden will uh, give you some advice. Did you hear about the new thing about drinking, Denny? So w- while we're lining up calls, there's a new study out about alcohol. I've heard that. Yeah, so I, so don't... I thought I'd touch on that because there were a bunch of letters to the Star Tribune about it, about this new study. So the, the scariest words in medicine are a new study shows because you never know. One, you know, one study shows that alcohol is bad for you. Another shows that it's, you know, it's going to make you live forever. And then another study shows, well, it's kind of good if you drink about one a day. Another study shows this. So what do, what's a person to believe? And being a scientific-based doctor, is, if your doctor isn't scientific-based, you need to find another doctor. <laughs> but um, we should, we should um, rely on scientific studies. And it's hard when the scientific studies are kind of um, hard, to, hard to interpret. So the latest one this week looked at a whole bunch of old studies and found that the safe level of alcohol consumption for a person is how many a day? Does anybody know five a day? Four? Three? 
Somebody says one. Two. Oh, I've got somebody in the front making a big goose egg, and that is what this new study showed. It showed that the proper amount of alcohol, the safe amount of alcohol for a human being is zero. Which which you could just hear like the wind out of everybody's sails who likes to <laughs> so I need to I want to put that one in context because what that meant was that over whole populations of people, populations over and over, hundreds of thousands of people, that they studied only retroactively. In other words, they just did, they compared all the studies that have ever been done, and they came up with, a, the people who seem to live the longest are the ones who didn't drink any alcohol. But these studies are not proof. These studies do not apply to an individual. So they can't answer the question, for instance, well, maybe the people who drank alcohol were also um, smokers, or, or, or the study that they did wasn't even intended to look at the health effects. And so it's, a, it's not the, the gold standard of study. So for any individual person, it is still probably okay to have one or two glasses of alcohol in a given day. Now, this assumes that you don't have alcohol problems. If you've got a dependence problem, then zero is the right number. If you have liver disease, zero is the right number. Uh, so there are some people who probably shouldn't be drinking, but um, there was a lot of buzz about that in the healthcare field. It was even in the paper. And so I, um, I think it's um, a little common sense is, is in order. Um, it's never okay to, well, it's always considered binge drinking to have five or more a day if you're a man or four or more a day if you're a woman. That's, that's at-risk drinking. Well, so. I think of all the years we've heard, now it's alcohol, we've heard eggs are bad for you, eggs are good for you, right. coffee's bad for you, coffee's good for you. Right. Where right. do these studies come from? Exactly. So what they're doing is that the, the only study that can show causality, in other words, proof, proof that something's bad for you, is if they do a randomized trial. They take half this audience and say, okay, every one of you go drink two or three alcoholic beverages every day, and this half of the audience don't drink anything every day for five years or ten years, and let's see how you did. That's the only way you can prove something. You can't just go look through the past at all these other studies that were done for some other reason and draw any conclusion. The same with coffee, the same with eggs. Um, coffee, the latest, here's the latest on this one. Coffee's good for you. So that one's an okay thing, so I'm just going to have like Lift my fourth cup today. So there is no evidence so far that coffee's bad for you in any way, shape, or form, unless it causes headaches or it can do that. It can cause headaches. It can cause loose tummy upset, stuff like that. But it's not, not uh, known to be bad for you. We are doing, as you know, Doctor, this award-winning Healthy Matters show. Congratulations to, to uh, Hennepin Health here at the Minnesota State Fair answering your questions, open lines today, your general health questions. Uh, come on up here to the uh, railing if you have. Uh, don't be shy. Dr. Hilden's a pretty good guy. He'll uh, answer your question. Now, if, uh, if you want to call it in, 651-989-9226, or send a text, as you can see, Dr. Uh, folks are doing that very thing. There's a lot of them. So this is how we do the text. You know, you know, people wonder, how do you do all those texts? Do you look at your phone? I go, no, I look at Denny's computer. That's where they are. Um, so should we do some of those? Yeah. That's, uh, the first one that came in says, hi, I'm on uh, day 13 of a sore throat that gets no better and no worse. It's just my voice is very deep. It feels like pins and needles are in there. I went to a doctor. They had no idea. They did a throat culture. That was normal. They're sending me to a throat specialist. And they, do you have any idea what this could be? It's always my favorite question on the radio to get something that their in-person doctor couldn't figure out. That's all. <laughs> That's always my favorite. <laughs> That's what I, over the years I've learned. I get a lot of these because, um, well, people have good questions. My doctor couldn't figure this out. What do you think? Um, so I'm the second opinion. Um, 
A sore throat that's due to something like strep throat doesn't last 13 days. It just doesn't. You're really sick. It really hurts. You have lumps in your, you know, what we used to call the glands. Those are actually lymph nodes. When those are painful and you have a fever, that can be strep throat. Um, uh, But it it either goes away on its own or you get some antibiotics for it. Um, It is unlikely that a bacterial throat problem would cause symptoms like that for 13 or 14 days. More likely, this person has a viral pharyngitis or an allergic pharyngitis, something from an allergy, something from uh, a virus, perhaps from acid reflux. Um, People don't often think about that one, but acid reflux causes a sore throat. Um, It's because the acid in your stomach is working, it, it works its way up into your esophagus when you're lying flat. And so sometimes you can get a sore. So it could be that. It could be a number of other things. I um, I don't want to say it's more serious things than that, but of, of course it could be. But in general, if you have a scratchy throat um, that's going on for a couple of weeks, um, I think it is a good idea to see like an ENT specialist. There are vocal cord problems that it could be. It could be tonsillar problems. So it's probably a good idea for that uh, listener to go to an ENT, an ear, nose, throat doctor. Have you seen, I, I've talked to more people, friends and colleagues that have had colds, viruses, upper respiratory stuff that doesn't go away for two, three weeks. Have you seen that at the hospital? Uh, yeah, not so much this summer, although, frankly, I've been gone most of the summer. But, <laughs> no, no, it's um, cold and flu season, if you will, is, uh, is almost upon us. Um, but uh, um, you can definitely get a cold any time of year. Flu influenza is far more common in the winter, so that should be coming pretty soon, which is probably a good time to give a little plug. Um, you can get your flu shot now this coming month. You know, after we come back after the break, let's talk about, we always get calls, texts about uh, the shingled shot. Let's talk about that when we let's come do back. That. Uh, what about the Here for Health series? That's, uh, yeah, that's um, going on. Some of you maybe know about this. Um, I, I had been talking about the Here for Health series as part of our 10-year anniversary at Hennepin doing the show. And welcome again to the award-winning Healthy Matters show here at the Minnesota State Fair, answering your health questions today at the Minnesota Great Minnesota Get-Together. Open line show. So anybody who has uh, health questions here at the fair, come on up to the railing like some folks have already done, and we'll uh, get you a microphone. Call us at 651-989-9226 or send us a text, and we have a bunch of those too, Dr. Hilden. Uh, 81807 is the uh, text number. We have a brave soul right here. We do, and, and during the break, I've had, a, I've had five or six conversations with people. I probably won't be able to remember all those, but it's been great getting to chat with everybody. Welcome. There's a big crowd here at the second uh, Sunday of the fair. Thank you all for coming out. And we are indeed doing an open line show. Let me see if I can get the microphone. Hi, what's your name? My name is Julie. I'm from Holding Ford, Minnesota. Holding Ford, where's that? That's by St. Cloud, 25 miles northwest of St. Cloud. We have a good group from that area. Is that Stearns County, too? We've got a whole bunch. I've been talking to a whole bunch of people. from. What's your, thanks for coming. Okay, um, what would make a cracking noise in your knee when you walk and it doesn't hurt? Do you want me to demonstrate? Mine kind of do that. Great question. Cracks and cracks as I walk down the halls. I work at a clinic and it's quiet and I can hear that noise. And everybody can hear you coming. Yes. That's not good. Okay, that, that's a great question. So your knees um, have a, are a joint that only goes one direction, but it has a lots of cushioning in it. It's got cartilage in there, and it's got um, ligaments and um, ACLs and PCLs and collateral ligaments. So there's a lot of structures in there that allow our knee to do the wonderful things it does. It's probably wear and tear of the cartilage arthritis. So what you have, if you can feel it when you do this, and I can sometimes do that, if you feel like a Rice Krispies crackly sound, that's called um, crepitus, and that's an arthritis problem. The cracking is probably due to a similar thing. 
um, wear and tear of the joint. And if it doesn't hurt, you're probably okay. You're probably okay. So what I would do is if it starts to hurt, that's when you have to start thinking about some treatments. The thing I would do, though, even if it doesn't hurt, physical therapy or exercise, walk, Knee strengthening exercises, if you have access to a gym, like doing these kind of knee things, are really good. Because your knee has to, has to um, do so much. It's helpful to support it with stronger quads, stronger hamstrings, stronger muscles. So that's always a good idea. That's probably what it is. I don't think you're ready for surgery yet. <laughs> Thanks for your question. You like that answer, for sure. Uh, 651-989-9226 is our phone number. Text number is 81807. This came in a bit ago, Dr. Hilden. Why am I getting hives on hands, feet, elbows, or ears when extremities are also cool or cold? Hives are a, usually a, um, uh, an allergic reaction. It's a little bump that, it, that itches bad. They come and go. I don't know if that person has hives. It's at least possible. But hives can be due to a lot of different things. It can be due to allergies, something in the air. It can be due to irritants like lotions, soaps, things like that. It can be due to things that we just don't even know, in which case we call it idiopathic because the doctors are idiots and we don't know. Um, so idiopathic it could be. Um, so that person should see, should see an allergist just to make sure that there's not something more going on. There is a definite hives problem um, that some people have with temperature. Heat is really common. Heat-based hives, like under the belt line people get it, or um, people get hives often like on their back that get sweaty after a long car ride, so that heat can do it for some people. And cold can definitely cause some allergic-type responses as well. All right. See an allergist. Maybe take a, uh, an antihistamine. All right. Here's uh, a question I'm sure you've run into once or twice. My doctor put me on a new low-dose statin, half a tab a day. I have past issues with statin, severe leg cramps, for example. The new statin upsets my stomach. Do you have any uh, ideas? Yeah, statins usually don't upset the stomach, but they do have other side of it. Anybody on a statin here? Anybody? Yeah, we got a bunch of people. I'd say a third of the people are probably on statins. Back in the day... When, I don't know when the day is. You know that expression, back in the day? Well, whatever the day is, I don't know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we were going to put statins in the water supply. I mean, that was so everybody wanted to, we thought everybody should be on a statin. Then, then we kind of found out, well, geez, it has some side effects. And so then, like, nobody was on them anymore. Now we're a little bit more nuanced. There are people who really should be on a statin. There's usually four groups. If you have already have a heart attack or you know that you have heart disease, you should be on a statin. If your LDL, your bad cholesterol, is very, very, very high, like 190 or above, you should probably have them. If you have lots of other risk factors for heart disease, like high blood pressure, early family history, obesity, if you smoke, you should probably be on a statin. And then um, the fourth group is um, diabetics, often. Not always, but often should be on a statin. If you're not one of those, you probably don't need to be on one. So that's just my little statin talk. Um, what about side effects? The main one is muscle aches and pains. It can range from anything from a little muscle ache on your statin all the way down to severe muscle injury, which leads to kidney disease. So if you're getting a little upset tummy, I would just try a different statin, maybe take it with food instead, and see if that doesn't make it get better. I think we have a couple of folks here with a question. Come on up to the deck and give us your name. What's your name? Hi, I'm Jim from Litchfield, and um, once about every three to four weeks... I will have, at the first bite of a meal, I will have this huge pain in my upper chest to the point where it'll force me to throw that bite back up. And once, I, once I've thrown it up, I can go back and eat my whole meal with no problem. 
Solids or liquids or both? Uh, like in, like when you drink drink water, does it happen? Uh, no, it's it's usually a, a, a solid. Yeah. Right. So it's probably thanks for your question, Jim. Um, it's probably an esophageal issue. Your esophagus is a huge muscle. And the act of swallowing takes is one of the most amazing coordinated efforts that the human body does. You initiate swallowing voluntarily, obviously. You start it. But after the food goes about a quarter of the way down, it's out of your control anymore. It's just it's an automatic um, neuromuscular function that brings food to your stomach. So probably what's happening is that your esophagus is spasming. That muscle is involuntarily contracting. It's just squeezing. Um, if it gets really bad, it has a name. It's called nutcracker esophagus um, because it's like, it really, really hurts. Um, so it, why does that do that? It can be for a number of reasons. It can be acid reflux. It's probably the number one reason. It's just irritated. But it can be due to a neuromuscular problem or, um, in your esophagus. So the step would be to do a swallowing study. You go to a radiologist, um, and they have you swallow radioactive, like I think it's an egg salad sandwich or something, and you swallow this thing, and it, it goes down, and they can watch it go down. Um, and um, they can see if there's a, a muscular contraction. That would be the next step with that. As long as you're able to swallow after that, you're okay. But that's something worth looking into. I would look into it, Jim. Thank you. Do we have time for another one? We have another one. Sure. Come on over. Lynn from Brooklyn Center, and I had that test, and he told me I wasn't coordinated. (laughs) Gosh, that was like blaming. You had the the swallow test, and he said you just weren't coordinated? (laughs) Here, talk into this, will you? I got a knee here, and um, I'm wondering if you uh, have a thought on this stem cell stuff. I bet you I've been asked about the stem cell thing every week now for six months, and I keep ignoring it because I don't know. But now I can't ignore it because somebody's looking me in the face asking me. <laughs> I know, I know. So here's what I'm going to do about what she's asking about is stem. You're talking about the injections, right? So we're, we're still in search of the treatment for knee arthritis that doesn't always involve getting a new knee. Right, because that's a big deal. Although I do have to say, if you have really severe arthritis, knee surgery works. Knee replacements are, and I'm not a surgeon. Believe me, I don't, I'm not a surgeon. So, but, so I, I'm not a big advocate of surgeries a lot, but, but knee replacement does work if you have severe disease. But there's a talk about injecting right into your knee joint stem cells, which could regenerate that. A stem cell is what we call a pluripotent cell. It could become anything. It's got great potential. It can become anything, and if you um, and if you can inject it into your knee, it might regrow the cartilage. All I can say so far, it can re, you know, it's supposed to help. There is anecdotal data that it's helpful. In other words, some people find it to be working, and so that's a good thing. I think it shows promise. Is it proven to work? No. Insurance doesn't cover it because they don't cover stuff until we're sure, and right now we're not sure it works, but. I poo-poo a lot of stuff um, that, that I think just doesn't make sense. This does make a little sense, that it could work. So uh, the fact that it's not proven to work doesn't mean it doesn't work. It just means we're not sure yet, and the insurance companies will be five years behind that. Once we have proof, then they'll start paying for it. So I would stay tuned on that, and what I'm going to do is eventually I'm going to do a show on this one because I, I think you're the 80th person to ask. It's a good question. I have been in knee therapy, and it's been fantastic. Yeah, keep doing that. Go to your therapist. Thank you for your Thanks, call Lynn. or for your question. Nice to see you again. Uh, you know, we have to break here, Dr. Hilton, okay, no. but maybe we, can we mention briefly about Charlene's uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, run? yeah. 
Okay, this one sounds funny. Charlene's Dog Run. Well, what the heck is that? Charlene's Dog Run, it's coming next Sunday, September 9th. It's a 5K run. It benefits our Hennepin Healthcare's Brain Injury Lab. Charlene, a woman I've not met, was a runner and a dog lover and had a traumatic brain injury, that she, and she unfortunately didn't survive. She has dedicated, and her um, the foundation in her honor has dedicated the research funds from a run. You can bring your dog. You don't have to bring your dog, but you can. It's next week, and go to charlenesdogrun.com. They're a good friend of ours and um, a great cause for traumatic brain injury research at Hennepin. You don't have to run either. You can walk. You don't have to run. You can walk. You can run. You can bring a dog. You don't have to. Um, It's next Sunday, charlenesdogrun.com. Very good. We'll take this quick break and be right back here at the Minnesota State Fair. Healthy Matters here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Healthy Matters underway here at the Minnesota State Fair. It's an open line show today. Your general health questions for Dr. David Hilden. Uh, Doctor, we still have uh, callers. We have texters. We have folks here at the fair. I know you've got a couple of uh, uh, answers for uh, some, of, some of our listeners here. Let's go to the phone. So I think George and Zimmerman is still waiting there. George, are you hanging in there? Good morning. Morning. My Hi, George. My legs, the veins are plugged in both legs. I went in to get it, but I don't have no vein, main vein in my leg for them to do anything. Do you know what I'm talking? So uh, are you talking that they're plugged up with blood clots? Well, yeah, that's what they claim. There's no, there's no uh, blood going through Oh, well, there's a couple things it could be, George. I mean, if you have blood clots in your legs, that's a different story that needs some treatment. And I'm not sure if that's exactly what you have. There's no blood going through. But if you have blood clots, what's called a DVT or a deep vein thrombosis, you need to be on blood thinners for that. Because the danger of a blood clot in your legs is that it could a piece of it could break off. And if it breaks off, it travels up the vein into your heart, and on the very next heartbeat, it goes to your lung. And then it's called a pulmonary embolus, and that's dangerous. So if you have blood clots, that should be probably treated by a, a, a somebody um, with blood thinners. Now, it may be that that's not what you have. Maybe you have varicose veins, and you just have bad veins, and you have bad circulation, a condition we call venous stasis. Stasis means nothing's moving. Um, static, nothing's moving, venous stasis. And that can cause varicose veins, it can cause painful veins, it can cause legs to swell, it can cause discoloration of the skin. So if you have that, that is something that's harder to treat. We usually recommend maybe you just use compression stockings. You elevate your legs when you can. And then there are some treatments. You can have a laser treatment to zap them that sometimes helps. But you, you might want to see a vein specialist for that, George. All right. Um, there were a bunch of texts that we probably won't get to, so let's see if we can Can I answer that. one from the oh, audience? Yeah, Somebody right. asked about sure. psoriasis. Yeah, and so um, what, who do you see? What is psoriasis? Well, if you have psoriasis is an autoimmune disorder that, that leads to two main problems. One is the silvery rash on your body, often on your neck, your lower back, your knees, your elbows, and then it leads to joint problems often. And so somebody asked me, well, who do you see for that? You can see a dermatologist for the skin. At Hennepin, we have a fantastic group of dermatologists. We have um, Dr. Liu, we have Dr. Sarah Hiowa, we have um, Dr. Jenny Liu, we have Dr. Aaron um, Warshaw. We have three brand new dermatologists in addition to Bruce Bart, who is one of like the, he's like the godfather of dermatology in the Twin Cities. So go to hennepinhealthcare.org for them. Um, also, you might want to see a rheumatologist, though. Psoriasis often has rheumatologic problems as well, so you should see a rheumatologist. All right, very good. 
There was an, a texture that works for another health sy- system in the state, and he or she wanted to know that they'll be giving uh, the flu mist again this year. Question is, has this been deemed effective again? Yeah, I think we're back to using the flu mist, although a, a caveat. I have not followed the real closely what they've determined. Other than that, it's going to be back this year. The big deal is that you get something. Flu mist was only for people under age 50, so the youngsters. Um, but uh, the rest of us get a shot and get your get your flu shot. And and just a word about vaccines. Measles is back. For heaven's sakes, we're smart enough to not get measles. And measles is back in the community. And it is back for one reason and one reason only, and is that we're failing to vaccinate our children. And so um, I can't say that one strongly enough. Two unvaccinated children got measles in Hennepin County. We are smart enough to eradicate measles. And um, the, 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 the risk, and in Europe there are thousands of cases, and kids are dying of a preventable disease. So get your child vaccinated. I, I, I will vacillate on other medical issues, but I won't on that one. You, um, there is not a, a valid argument for not vaccinating your children um, in the absence of a real allergy or a contraindication. All right, let's see. Can you explain, I know we have a couple of minutes to go here, can you explain atrial fibrillation and are there any restrictions for people that have it? Yeah, atrial fibrillation is like a whole career for a cardiologist, but your, your atria are your upper chambers of your heart. They're the ones that make the lub of the lub dump, lump dump, lump dump, like that. There's the upper chamber. They push blood all of about an inch. Your upper chambers push the blood from the upper chambers to the lower. And then the big squeeze of your lower chambers supplies your whole body. If the upper chambers aren't beating in a coordinated fashion, they're just quivering. Quiver, quiver, quiver. That's called atrial fibrillation. Most people don't know they have it. Probably 5% of the people in this audience have atrial fibrillation. So maybe 1 in 20, and you don't know you have it. Others might know you get a little short of breath, or you might have a racing or skipped heartbeat. Atrial fibrillation has a couple of sequelae, though. It has a couple of things to look out for. The number one being it causes an increased risk of stroke. So if you have atrial fibrillation, you should probably be on blood thinners to prevent or to lower your risk of stroke. All right. Uh, here's a text that says, I have back and side pain after taking prednisone for gout. Only other thing I've done is to take a golf lesson and play nine holes. Any correlation? <laughs> I don't think there's a correlation between your side pain and the prednisone. Prednisone cures what ails you. It is a huge anti-inflammatory. It, it, it'll, whatever you got inflammation in your body, prednisone makes it go away. The side effects of prednisone are legendary, though. There's hundreds of side effects. Side pain isn't usually one of them. I think it's your golf game that is more likely to lead to your side pain. We're out of time till next wow. year. Till next year, we'll Thanks, see you everybody. same place Thank next you. year. Thanks for coming, everybody. Stay tuned for Your Money. Peg Webb will be up here in the station with the more of Your Money answering your questions here on News Talk A3O-WCCO. Um, free in-person seminars on healthcare issues. We've done two of them. I did one with a colleague. We did another one last month. And our last one is this September 7th, sorry, 15th, September 15th. It's on a Saturday morning. It's free. If you go to hennepinhealthcare.org slash hereforhealth, you can sign up, but it's free. Um, maybe even score another one of those mugs if we have them left. You know, pretty soon we're gonna be, there's going to be a fire sale on those mugs. But this time we're doing women's health, um, a, a focus on women's health. There will be a cardiologist who focuses on women. 
There will be a um, physical therapist who's going to help talk about women's mobility issues. And then there's going to be specialists about breast cancer. So you're going to get to go into the mammography suite, into the physical therapy gym, and talk to Dr. Michelle Carlson, one of my colleagues about, um, she's a cardiologist, about women's health, um, heart health. These have been really well attended. We've been getting really big crowds, pretty much capacity crowds, um, uh, probably because we give you coffee, we give you some snacks, free parking, and it's free admission, free, free health information. It's at the um, Hennepin Healthcare Clinic, uh, Clinic and Specialty Center, 8th and Park, downtown Minneapolis, free underground parking. Why not? HennepinHealthcare.org slash here for health. Very good. If you have a uh, health question here at the fair, come on up to our uh, railing. We'll get you a microphone. Uh, call us, 651-989-9226, or you can send a text like some folks are doing, 81807. Last report of temperature reading in the Twin Cities, 73 degrees. We'll be right back. Thank you, Dave Lee. We will, of course, be listening to you. And if you're listening out there in our State Fair audience uh, and uh, have a a health question, come on up. Or if you're at home, 651-989-9226. We have callers on the line, and we have texters, too, 81807. Dr. Hilden, let's go back to the phones. Bill in Golden Valley, I believe, has been waiting. Go ahead, Bill. Hello, Bill. I'm a John in Golden Valley. Oh, John. Okay. We'll take you, John. How about that? It loses oh, a little okay. in the signal from the downtown to here. So oh, that's, that's all right. Thanks, I'm like I'm like your other callers. I need a second opinion. I'm having a lot of problems with my stomach. It's just below my ridge cage. It started about two years ago. I went to my regular doctor. He checked me out for a heart attack and all kinds of things. Then he sent me to, uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember, but it would be tummy specialist. Like and gastroenterologist. And all kinds of tests, put Went down, looked in my stomach, went up my rectum, and came looking there, took stool samples, and finally says, I have all the tests I can do. I can't find out what's wrong. So now I have an um, appointment with, he said, come back in, in uh, 90 days. So I'm going back next week. But I was wondering if you have any suggestion that I might ask him or tell him. I did have my gallbladder out maybe 10 years ago, and um, um, so I was just wondering, all these pains, the normally they come between 3 and 8 in, in the morning. Wow, that's you know, early morning hours. Um, John, have you had a, a CAT scan of your belly or anything like that? No, I didn't have a CAT scan. Okay. So um, sorry about your long kind of struggles with that. So you have, um, you've got one of these symptoms that is really common but doesn't immediately um, lend itself to a diagnosis, belly pain. So belly pain comes, I get that, you know, five times a day. And, and they have done all the correct things to start it out because belly pain can be in your intestines, in which case they would look for, say, peptic ulcers. They would look for gastritis. They would look for um, perforated ulcers. It can be in your liver or your gallbladder. It can be in your pancreas. It can be in your colon. And it can even be in your heart because your heart sits right on top of your diaphragm, which sits right on top of your belly. And the two of them um, share some nerves in the same vicinity. So it even can be your heart. So you've done done all the right things for that. Um, Your symptoms of of belly pain from mostly in the early morning hours are... are, um, make me wonder if you have some reflux disease that they just didn't see. Um, because in the nighttime, like I said to a previous question, uh, that's when the acid kind of pools in your stomach and in your esophagus, and, and that's at least a possibility. 
What I would um, tell him, though, and, and things to be thinking about, are you losing weight? That's never good if you have unexplained weight loss. And I don't know how old you are, John, but in an older adult, I don't know how, I don't know what that is. What's an older adult? I don't know. We'll, we'll go with 50s or 60s. <laughs> um, unexplained weight loss is never normal. And so that's something to know. Are you losing weight? How's your appetite? Are you able to hold food down? Are, is the food, um, are you able to uh, eat a full thing or do you get full too quickly? Things like that. Those would be some questions. Uh, do you have a cough? things like that. And I think it's probably time for you to get a CAT scan of your belly. If you're having symptoms that go on for months and months, um, they can look at everything in your belly, your pancreas. I would look at your pancreas because um, there are tumors and conditions of the pancreas that none of the tests you've had done so far would have found. And um, it's one of the reasons pancreatic cancer is so rough is because we catch it late. I'm not suggesting you have pancreatic cancer, John. Don't get me wrong. But it's, it's something that I would probably look at. I'd probably get a CAT scan next. All right. Very good. We have a brave soul here at the fairgrounds. Uh, what's your first name, please? Deb. Deb, what's your question? Um, we have a 23-year-old son who's having problems catching a deep breath, right? He's had um, a chest X-ray, echocardiogram, EKG, all the blood tests, the only thing that they've found at all is a slightly, um, um, his thyroid level's off just a little bit, not enough. It, right. Yeah. So what's next? What kind of doctor should he see next? Has he seen a lung doctor? He has not seen a lung doctor. Any asthma in your family? Um, he, th- they did give him some albuterol, mm-hmm. an inhaler. He says it really isn't doing much. And is it, does he breathe normally most of the time? Um. Most of the time, but then he just like he'll have a hard time like taking a deep breath. He'll take like half a breath and then another half a breath. Kinda. Yeah, it's hard to say, but I think I would start to do some pulmonary tests with okay. your son. So that would be where um, it you know asthma is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't sound like it, I don't think it would probably be his heart, but he's already had that thing done. But they can do these tests where they give you a medic, they have you breathe, and they have you breathe in and out, and they measure the capacities of your lungs. They literally measure. This is how much air comes in. This is how much goes out. Then they usually give you a medication, and they see if that medication changed it. If it got better after the medication, it's asthma. If it didn't get better after the medication, uh, inhaled medication, then it's not usually. So that I think a lung doctor would be your next bet and get pulmonary tests. Okay, great. Thanks a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for your Thanks, question, Deb. Deb. Appreciate your call. See, that's how easy it is. Just step up to the railing, and Dr. Hilden will help you out. Exactly. Or call us. Speaking of callers, I believe Bev is calling from Minneapolis with a question. Are you still there, Bev? Yes, I am. Hi, Bev. Hi. I want to know a strange question. How can I gain weight? Well, well, that's not actually such a strange... Come to the fair. (laughs) Oh, Danny. (laughs) I I eat three meals a day. I snack... And uh, I'm losing about a pound a week. Oh, that's a lot. Bev, can I ask you um, uh, how old you are? Is that okay? Oh, yes. I'm 80. Okay. So so like I was saying earlier, um, if you're losing weight despite eating, and if you're at the age of 80, you do need to look into the why. Um, yeah. Because you can just stuff yourself over and over, and that might be... There's some limits to what you can do there, but it is not, it's not part of the normal aging process to lose weight. Uh-huh. Um, everybody might a little bit here and there, but a pound a week is not normal. And so what, what you should do is keep looking hard for the cause. See your doctor. Tell them exactly what you've told me if you haven't. 
that would be the kind of thing um, we would look for, um, n- not to put too fine a point on it, but we'd be looking for cancers. Yeah. Um, it, uh, um, you should get a chest x-ray to look for the lungs. Um, uh, you should, um, something to look into your colon. Those would be the common ones. In women, um, reproductive cancers, um, uterine yeah. and ovarian, those uh, are things to look at. Yeah. I have had colon problems for the last few years. I've, I've had that. I had C. diff. And then I had colon problems after that. Yeah, and so what, what Bev is talking about for listeners, she had an infectious colitis of her um, colon from the bacteria called Clostridium. You know, and I mentioned the cancers, and it's not necessarily that's what you have. You could still have an inflammatory bowel thing, where a condition where food isn't being absorbed. You could have some absorption problems. I think I would start with your primary doctor. Chest x-ray, maybe a mammogram, uh, maybe a colonoscopy. And then the next, I would look into your colon next. That would be the most likely thing, and that would be a gastroenterologist. But I do encourage you to do so. Very good. We have to take a break for news, of course, and we'll be back. We have another half hour of the show to go here live at the fair. It is an open line show on Healthy Matters today. Call us, 651-989-9226. Come up here if you're here at the fair, and a member of our audience, come on up to the railing and ask your question to Dr. Hilden. I said, it's an open line show. Or send us a text, and we're getting a bunch of those, Dr. Hilden, 81807. We'll be back after the break. More from the fair. And welcome again to the award-winning Healthy Matters Show here at the Minnesota State Fair, answering your health questions today at the Minnesota Great Minnesota Get-Together Open Line Show. So anybody who has uh, health questions here at the fair, come on up to the railing like some folks have already done, and we'll uh, get you a microphone. Call us at 651-989-9226, or send us a text, and we have a bunch of those too, Dr. Hilden. Uh, 81807 is the uh, text number. We have a brave soul right here. We do, and, and during the break, I've had, a, I've had five or six conversations with people. I probably won't be able to remember all those, but it's been great getting to chat with everybody. Welcome. It's a big crowd here at the second uh, Sunday of the fair. Thank you all for coming out. And we are indeed doing an open line show. Let me see if I can get the microphone. Hi, what's your name? My name is Julie. I'm from Holding Ford, Minnesota. Holding Ford, where's that? By St. Cloud, 25 miles northwest of St. Cloud. We have a good group from that area. Is that Stearns County, too? We've got a whole bunch. I've been talking to a whole bunch of people from there. What's your, thanks for coming. Okay, um, what would make a cracking noise in your knee when you walk and it doesn't hurt? Do you want me to demonstrate? Mine kind of do that. Great question. Cracks and cracks as I walk down the halls. I work at a clinic and it's quiet and I can hear that noise. And everybody can hear you coming. Yes. That's not good. Okay, that, that's a great question. So your knees um, have a, are a joint that only goes one direction, but it has a lots of cushioning in it. It's got cartilage in there, and it's got um, ligaments and um, ACLs and PCLs and collateral ligaments. So there's a lot of structures in there that allow our knee to do the wonderful things it does. It's probably wear and tear of the cartilage arthritis. So what you have, if you can feel it when you do this, and I can sometimes do that, if you feel like a Rice Krispies crackly sound, that's called um, crepitus, and that's an arthritis problem. The cracking is probably due to a similar thing, um, wear and tear of the joint. And if it doesn't hurt, you're probably okay. You're probably okay. So what I would do is if it starts to hurt, that's when you have to start thinking about some treatments. The thing I would do, though, even if it doesn't hurt, physical therapy or exercise, walk, Knee strengthening exercises, if you have access to a gym, like doing these kind of knee things, are really good. Because your knee has to, has to um, do so much, it's helpful to support it with stronger quads, stronger hamstrings, stronger muscles. So that's always a good idea. That's probably what it is. I don't think you're ready for surgery yet. <laughs> Thanks for your question. You like that answer, for sure. 
651-989-9226 is our phone number. Text number is 81807. This came in a bit ago, Dr. Hilden. Why am I getting hives on hands, feet, elbows, or ears when extremities are also cool or cold? Hives are a, usually a, um, uh, an allergic reaction. It's a little bump that, it, that itches bad. They come and go. I don't know if that person has hives. It's at least possible. But hives can be due to a lot of different things. It can be due to allergies, something in the air. It can be due to irritants like lotions, soaps, things like that. It can be due to things that we just don't even know, in which case we call it idiopathic because the doctors are idiots and we don't know. Um, so idiopathic it could be. Um, so that person should see, should see an allergist just to make sure that there's not something more going on. There is a definite hives problem um, that some people have with temperature. Heat is really common. Heat-based hives, like under the belt line people get it, or um, people get hives often like on their back that get sweaty after a long car ride, so that heat can do it for some people. And cold can definitely cause some allergic-type responses as well. All right. See an allergist. Maybe take a, uh, an antihistamine. All right. Here's uh, a question I'm sure you've run into once or twice. My doctor put me on a new low-dose statin, half a tab a day. I have past issues with statin, severe leg cramps, for example. The new statin upsets my stomach. Do you have any uh, ideas? Yeah, statins usually don't upset the stomach, but they do have other side of it. Anybody on a statin here? Anybody? Yeah, we got a bunch of people. I'd say a third of the people are probably on statins. Back in the day... When, I don't know when the day is. You know that expression, back in the day? Well, whatever the day is, I don't know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we were going to put statins in the water supply. I mean, that was so everybody wanted to. We thought everybody should be on a statin. Then, then we kind of found out, well, geez, it has some side effects. And so then, like, nobody was on them anymore. Now we're a little bit more nuanced. There are people who really should be on a statin. There's usually four groups. If you have already have a heart attack or you know that you have heart disease, you should be on a statin. If your LDL, your bad cholesterol, is very, very, very high, like 190 or above, you should probably on them. If you have lots of other risk factors for heart disease, like high blood pressure, early family history, obesity, if you smoke, you should probably be on a statin. And then um, the fourth group is um, diabetics, often. Not always, but often should be on a statin. If you're not one of those, you probably don't need to be on one. So that's just my little statin talk. Um, what about side effects? The main one is muscle aches and pains. It can range from anything from a little muscle ache on your statin all the way down to severe muscle injury, which leads to kidney disease. So if you're getting a little upset tummy, I would just try a different statin, maybe take it with food instead, and see if that doesn't make it get better. I think we have a couple of folks here with a question. Come on up to the deck and give us your name. What's your name? Hi, I'm Jim from Litchfield, and um, once about every three to four weeks... I will have, at the first bite of a meal, I will have this huge pain in my upper chest to the point where it'll force me to throw that bite back up. And once, I, once I've thrown it up, I can go back and eat my whole meal with no problem. Solids or liquids or both? Uh, like, in, like when you drink, drink water, does it happen? Uh, no, it's, it's usually a, a, a solid. Right, so it's probably, thanks for your question, Jim, um, it's probably an esophageal issue. Your esophagus is a huge muscle, and the act of swallowing takes is one of the most amazing coordinated efforts that the human body does. You initiate swallowing voluntarily, obviously. You start it. 
But after the food goes about a quarter of the way down, it's out of your control anymore. It's just it's an automatic um, neuromuscular function that brings food to your stomach. So probably what's happening is that your esophagus is spasming. That muscle is involuntarily contracting. It's just squeezing. Um, if it gets really bad, it has a name. It's called nutcracker esophagus um, because it's like, it really, really hurts. Um, so it, why does that do that? It can be for a number of reasons. It can be acid reflux is probably the number one reason. It's just irritated. But it can be due to a neuromuscular problem or, um, in your esophagus. So the step would be to do a swallowing study. You go to a radiologist, um, and they have you swallow radioactive, like I think it's an egg salad sandwich or something, and you swallow this thing, and it, it goes down, and they can watch it go down. Um, and um, they can see if there's a, a muscular contraction. That would be the next step with that. As long as you're able to swallow after that, you're okay. But that's something worth looking into. I would look into it, Jim. Thank you. Do we have time for another one? We have another one. Sure. Come on over. Lynn from Brooklyn Center, and I had that test, and he told me I wasn't coordinated. Gosh, that was like blaming. You had the the swallow test, and he said you just weren't coordinated? (laughs) Here, talk into this, will you? I got a knee here, and um, I'm wondering if you uh, have a thought on this stem cell stuff. I bet you I've been asked about the stem cell thing every week now for six months, and I keep ignoring it because I don't know. But now I can't ignore it because somebody's looking me in the face asking me. <laughs> I know, I know. So here's what I'm going to do about what she's asking about is stem. You're talking about the injections, right? So we're, we're still in search of the treatment for knee arthritis that doesn't always involve getting a new knee. Right, because that's a big deal. Although I do have to say, if you have really severe arthritis, knee surgery works. Knee replacements are, and I'm not a surgeon. Believe me, I don't, I'm not a surgeon. So, but, so I, I'm not a big advocate of surgeries a lot, but, but knee replacement does work if you have severe disease. But there's a talk about injecting right into your knee joint stem cells, which could regenerate them. A stem cell is what we call a pluripotent cell. It could become anything. It's got great potential. It can become anything, and if you um, and if you can inject it into your knee, it might regrow the cartilage. All I can say so far, it can re, you know, it's supposed to help. There is anecdotal data that it's helpful. In other words, some people find it to be working, and so that's a good thing. I think it shows promise. Is it proven to work? No. Insurance doesn't cover it because they don't cover stuff until we're sure. And right now, we're not sure it works, but. I poo-poo a lot of stuff um, that, that I think just doesn't make sense. This does make a little sense that it could work. So uh, the fact that it's not proven to work doesn't mean it doesn't work. It just means we're not sure yet, and the insurance companies will be five years behind that. Once we have proof, then they'll start paying for it. So I would stay tuned on that, and what I'm going to do is eventually I'm going to do a show on this one because I, I think you're the 80th person to ask. It's a good question. I have been in knee therapy, and it's been fantastic. Yeah, keep doing that. Go to your therapist. Thank you for your Thanks, call Lynn. or for your question. Nice to see you again. Uh, you know, we have to break here, Dr. Hilden, okay, no. but maybe we, can we mention briefly about Charlene's uh, oh, dog Oh, yeah, yeah, run? yeah. Okay, this one sounds funny. Charlene's dog run. Well, what the heck is that? Charlene's dog run, it's coming next Sunday, September 9th. It's a 5K run. It benefits our Hennepin Healthcare's Brain Injury Lab. Charlene, a woman I've not met, was a runner and a dog lover and had a traumatic brain injury, that she, and she unfortunately didn't survive. She has dedicated, and um, the foundation in her honor has dedicated the research funds from a run. You can bring your dog. You don't have to bring your dog, but you can. It's next week, and go to charlenesdogrun.com. They're a good friend of ours and um, a great 
cause for traumatic brain injury research at Hennepin. You don't have to run either. You can walk. You don't have to run. You can walk. You can run. You can bring a dog. You don't have to. Um, right. It's next Sunday. Charlene'sDogRun.com. Very good. We'll take this quick break and be right back here at the Minnesota State Fair. Healthy Matters here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Healthy Matters underway here at the Minnesota State Fair. It's an open line show today. Your general health questions for Dr. David Hilden. Uh, Doctor, we still have uh, callers. We have texters. We have folks here at the fair. I know you've got a couple of uh, uh, answers for uh, some, of, some of our listeners here. Let's go to the phone. So I think George and Zimmerman is still waiting there. George, are you hanging in there? Good morning. Morning. My Hi, George. My question is, my legs, the veins are plugged in both legs. I went in to get it, but I don't have no vein, main vein in my leg for them to do anything. Do you know what I'm talking? So uh, are you talking that they're plugged up with blood clots? Well, yeah, that's what they claim. There's no, there's no uh, blood going through Oh, well, there's a couple things it could be, George. I mean, if you have blood clots in your legs, that's a different story that needs some treatment. And I'm not sure if that's exactly what you have. There's no blood going through. But if you have blood clots, what's called a DVT or a deep vein thrombosis, you need to be on blood thinners for that. Because the danger of a blood clot in your legs is that it could a piece of it could break off. And if it breaks off, it travels up the vein into your heart, and on the very next heartbeat, it goes to your lung. And then it's called a pulmonary embolus, and that's dangerous. So if you have blood clots, that should be probably treated by a, a, a somebody um, with blood thinners. Now, it may be that that's not what you have. Maybe you have varicose veins, and you just have bad veins, and you have bad circulation, a condition we call venous stasis. Stasis means nothing's moving. Um, static, nothing's moving, venous stasis. And that can cause varicose veins, it can cause painful veins, it can cause legs to swell, it can cause discoloration of the skin. So if you have that, that is something that's harder to treat. We usually recommend maybe you just use compression stockings. You elevate your legs when you can. And then there are some treatments. You can have a laser treatment to zap them that sometimes helps. But you you might want to see a vein specialist for that, George. All right. Um, there were a bunch of texts that we probably won't get to, so let's see if we can. Can I answer on. one from the oh, audience? Yeah, Somebody right. asked about sure. psoriasis. Yeah, and so um, what, who do you see? What is psoriasis? Well, if you have psoriasis, is an autoimmune disorder that ha- that leads to two main problems. One is the silvery rash on your body, often on your neck, your lower back, your knees, your elbows, and then it leads to joint problems often. And so somebody asked me, well, who do you see for that? You can see a dermatologist for the skin. At Hennepin, we have a fantastic group of dermatologists. We have um, Dr. Liu, we have Dr. Sarah Hiawa, we have um, Dr. Jenny Liu, we have Dr. Aaron um, Warshaw. We have three brand new dermatologists in addition to Bruce Bart, who is one of like the, he's like the godfather of dermatology in the Twin Cities. So go to hennepinhealthcare.org for them. Um, Also, you might want to see a rheumatologist, though. Psoriasis often has rheumatologic problems as well, so you should see a rheumatologist. All right, very good. There was a texter that works for another health system in the state, and he or she wanted to know that they'll be giving uh, the flu mist again this year. Question is, has this been deemed effective again? Yeah, I think we're back to using the flu mist, although a a caveat, I have not followed real closely what they've determined. Other than that, it's going to be back this year. The big deal is that you get something. Flu mist was only for people under age 50, so the youngsters. but uh, the rest of us get a shot and get your, get your flu shot. And, and just a word about vaccines, measles is back. For heaven's sakes, we're smart enough to not get measles. And measles is back in the community. 
And it is back for one reason and one reason only, and is that we're failing to vaccinate our children. And so um, I can't say that one strongly enough. Two unvaccinated children got measles in Hennepin County. We are smart enough to eradicate measles. And um, the, 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 the risk, and in Europe there are thousands of cases, and kids are dying of a preventable disease. So get your child vaccinated. I, I, I will vacillate on other medical issues, but I won't on that one. You, um, there is not a, a valid argument for not vaccinating your children um, in the absence of a real allergy or a contraindication. All right, let's see. Can you explain, I know we have a couple of minutes to go here, can you explain atrial fibrillation and are there any restrictions for people that have it? Yeah, atrial fibrillation is like a whole career for a cardiologist, but your, your atria are your upper chambers of your heart. They're the ones that make the lub of the lub dump, lump dump, lump dump, like that. There's the upper chamber. They push blood all of about an inch. Your upper chambers push the blood from the upper chambers to the lower. And then the big squeeze of your lower chambers supplies your whole body. If the upper chambers aren't beating in a coordinated fashion, they're just quivering. Quiver, quiver, quiver. That's called atrial fibrillation. Most people don't know they have it. Probably 5% of the people in this audience have atrial fibrillation. So maybe 1 in 20, and you don't know you have it. Others might know you get a little short of breath, or you might have a racing or skipped heartbeat. Atrial fibrillation has a couple of sequelae, though. It has a couple of things to look out for. The number one being it causes an increased risk of stroke. So if you have atrial fibrillation, you should probably be on blood thinners to prevent or to lower your risk of stroke. All right. uh, Here's a text that says, I have back and side pain after taking prednisone for gout. Only other thing I've done is to take a golf lesson and play nine holes. Any correlation? (laughs) I don't think there's a correlation between your side pain and the prednisone. Prednisone cures what ails you. It is a huge anti-inflammatory. Whatever you got inflammation in your body, prednisone makes it go away. The side effects of prednisone are legendary, though. There's hundreds of side effects. Side pain isn't usually one of them. I think it's your golf game that is more likely to lead to your side pain. We're out of time. Till next year. Till next year. We'll see you same days next year. Thanks for coming, everybody. Stay tuned for Your Money. Peg Webb will be up here in the station with more of your money answering your questions here on News Talk 830 WCCO. (sighs) (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.